Hi, everybody. This is Chrissy Hutchings. Welcome to this week's podcast of The Worship Life. I'm so glad you've decided to join me this week. We're going to be talking about a really interesting topic this week, and I want you to stay tuned. I got a question for you. We all like to be the good guy, but what happens in life if you're the bad guy? It's kind of an intriguing question, isn't it? Well, I've got some answers for you today. So come and join me on The Worship Life. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast of The Worship Life. I'm Chrissy Hutchings from ChrissyHutchings.com. I'm so glad that you're hanging out with me. It is Friday, January 18th, 2019. Can you believe it? We are a little way of halfway through January already. Before you know it, it's going to be next Christmas, but I'm not going to go there uh, right now. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm going to be talking about a really interesting subject that's been on my heart lately, uh, actually the last couple of days, and I wanted to talk about being the bad guy. Now, I do want to say there is so much content out there on social media, especially around this time of year, everybody's setting their goals for the new year and they're pumping people up um, to achieve their goals, whether it's health goals, whether it's uh, work or vocational goals, family goals, personal goals. There is so much hype out there and I'm not saying it's all hype, it's good stuff if we put it into action. And in a lot of those videos, there's applause for the ambitious guy who's setting goals to the ceiling and setting his uh, New Year's resolutions and acing them and killing them every single day. And it's enough to make anybody that's not doing that feel really inadequate and not just in setting goals and New Year's goals and all these ambitious things, but in life in general. What if you're a parent? What if you're an employee? What if you're a spouse? What if you're a friend in any realm of life? What if you're the one that's not doing so good? What if you're the one that's not killing it every day? What if you're making tons of mistakes and You have issues maybe in your life that are not pristine and perfect like everybody else appears to be. Well, let me just whisper in your ear right now, nobody's perfect. (laughs) Uh, And if you think they are, then you've been highly, highly deceived. But we can get in places in our life where we're feeling like the bad guy, where nothing we touch turns to gold And actually, it might be on the contrary, everything we touch might be turning to dust or just turning into a mess. What do you do when you're the bad guy? What do you do when you're failing? How are you supposed to process that in light of all the people that are out there killing it and meeting their goals? Well, that's what I want to talk about today. 
So I want you to just hang in there. I want to give just a little bit of information right now. You can access me on ChrissyHutchings.com at the Worship Life blog. There's a blog there. And I've also kind of ventured out into a poetic area. And there is um, a space in the blog where it talks about that. It'll actually take you to another site that's nothing but the poetry And that's really something that God's recently given me to help me walk through some healing in my life. And uh, so I invite you to go over there and check it out. If you go to ChrissyHutchings.com, you can click on the menu on the top of the page where it says poetry, and it'll take you over there. Um, Also, I have added a tab at the top of my um, website at ChrissyHutchings.com for worship teams. And um, I've really thought in my heart as I go out into this year, it wasn't a resolution that I made. It was a really something that's been in my heart for a little while, where I really want to encourage those of you who are worship leaders, you're on a worship team, whether you're a musician, choir member, praise team member, whether you're in administration, wherever you are serving in the local church, in a worship ministry, even if you're an artist out there, maybe you're not serving in a church, maybe you're just um, playing music and, uh, you know, you're, you're participating in worship, maybe on a personal level, maybe just within your own group of peers. It's really to encourage you, uh, in your craft, but also just encourage you in life. You know, when you're doing anything, um, in a church environment or a vocational environment, Sometimes you get so consumed in the ministry part or the job part of everything that you forget, hey, just to be a person and just to be a regular person. And so it has some encouragement in there for you. And so I invite you to check that out also. The other thing I'd love for you to do is follow the blog. It's really easy. Just click on that tab that says follow on the um Uh, right-hand margin there. You'll be able to follow the blog and also subscribe. Now, when you subscribe to the blog, what you're doing to the newsletter is you're going to get a monthly newsletter and some other communications throughout the month that will tell you about new music or different uh, places you can go uh, to check that out. One of the things that I have done here recently is really kind of researched and got into some of the Instagram tools there with the IGTV and the um, highlights and everything. It's really, really fun. I've been having a lot of fun with it lately. So go over to Instagram at The Worship Life. It's actually T-H-E underscore worship underscore life. Um, That's where you can find me over on Instagram uh, for some more uh, links and great content over there. Okay, so now we're going to get into our topic today. And that topic is, what if you're the bad guy? What if you're the one in the relationship that's making all the mistakes? Well, that's almost impossible because, you know, it takes two to tango and mess things up. But what if you feel like every step that you take is the wrong one? Or you're just the bad guy. You know, when I was growing up, and many of us can attest to this, we all grew up in pretty chaotic households. And, you know, we always looked at our parents as one of them's the good guy and one of them's the bad guy. How many have you got? Have you guys have done that? I know that I did. And there are characteristics in our parents where one stands out to be, oh my gosh, you know, making all the mistakes and doing all the wrong things and, and, um, 
creating all the wounds in the family. But, you know, it takes two people to really jack something up. (laughs) You know, uh, pardon that expression, but it really takes, in any relationship, it takes one person being one way and another person being another way. And man, when you come together and collide, sometimes it's absolute chaos. And, you know, in relationships like that, uh, you feed off of one another. You know, you hear all kinds of talk on the internet about, you know, codependence and abusive people and they come together and they create these, uh, you know, they create fireworks at the beginning of the relationship and then it turns really turbulent. And I'm not saying this to minimize anything out there. If you're in those kinds of relationships, uh, they can be very painful and really stressful for you. But the point I'm trying to make is there's always a good guy and a bad guy in any situation. And my my um, appeal is, what if you're that bad guy? What if you're the bad guy? What do you do? Most people rally together with the good guy and hang out with him and, you know, and really reject the bad guy and call him all kinds of names and, you know, everything like that. But what do you do if you're the bad guy? What do you do if you're the one that's hurting people? Um, What do you do with that? Well, if that's you out there today, and really, if we were all quite honest, it's all of us. Because at any given time, we are the ones that are hurting other people. We might be doing it on purpose. We might be doing it uh, just subconsciously. There are a lot of times that we don't know that we're hurting somebody. And we'll never know unless someone tells us. You know, you've got people out there that are very, excuse me, passive people. Uh, They don't like confrontation. So they'll never, ever tell you when you've done something to hurt them. And so you're going on about your life. And some people say, well, you should know if you hurt somebody. Look, if you've hurt somebody and found out later on that you did it and you had no clue that it happened, then you can be oblivious to it. Because we're all very different people. And I don't want to philosophize about that. But what what I want to do is minister to the person today and really help to bring some understanding to the people who are out there who think that they're the good guy. Um, you know, the bad guy gets a bad rap, and I'm not, I am not minimizing uh, people that are really, really evil, people that are murderers and um, hurt people on purpose. You know, there's people out there, sadistic people out there that will hurt you on purpose because they get some kind of thrill out of it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who maybe there's a pattern in your life. Uh, in your relationships where you where you kind of reap havoc everywhere you go, you might not mean to, but maybe that's what happens in your relationships. Maybe you didn't have a great model for relationships growing up. And again, you can see this is kind of going into uh, the direction of relationships. Uh, the Lord's just got me there for some reason here uh, these days. But if you are a person, number one, let me just say this. If you realize that you are the bad guy, guess what? That makes you a good guy. (laughs) Because really, most really, really bad guys, the really evil guys, don't even self, don't even self-examine. They don't even have insight into their own self. So if you've got enough insight into yourself that you're saying, man, I've really messed some things up and, and really hurt and wounded some people, 
then you're on a good path. But I want to share a scripture with you today, and I want to really pick it apart that I believe is going to really help you today. And that scripture's over in Romans verse uh, chapter 5, actually. Romans chapter 5, that's over in the New Testament. And this is one of my favorite books in the Bible and narrowing down specifically, and we'll get there in just a minute, to a really um, favorite place of mine that gives me a whole lot of uh, comfort in my life. And I want to go down to um, verse 6. And I want to first read it out of the New King James Version. And the New King James Version says in verse 1 of chapter 5 of Romans, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, Jesus Christ, also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And I want to go down to verse 6, and this is specifically where I want to stay planted today. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Let me say that again. Christ died for the ungodly. Let me say that again. Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Look, can I tell you a truth today that that really needs to be shouted from the rooftops? Romans Five, verse 6. Christ died for the ungodly. If you'll remember in, in uh, the scripture, when Jesus was being crucified on the cross, the Roman soldiers were casting lots for his garments and they were mocking him and despising him. And in that infamous statement, that, that saving statement that he made, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was pleading and interceding. And that's a whole other study about intercession, which I'm going to do one day. Intercession is not just saying a prayer and I'll, we'll go there some other day, but he was standing in the gap for the ungodly, for the bad guy. He was standing in the gap, stripped, on a cross, bleeding, suffering for the ungodly. And the Bible goes on to say in verse 10 of Romans chapter 5, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. If while I was the bad guy, if while I was God's enemy, God initiated a reconciliation through his son, Jesus Christ, 
now that I've been reconciled, now that I've accepted that and given my life over to that amazing salvation, how much more now that I'm reconciled will I be saved by his life? I got good news for the bad guy today. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Now you might say, uh, well, how is that going to help me out? Well, I don't know about you, but it helps me out just by hearing it again and again. And I've, I've already received that wonderful salvation have, and have been reconciled to God. But there are times that I don't act like a good guy. There are times that out of my flesh that I react or act and am not a good guy. And one of the struggles that I've had personally over the years is staying stuck in my past mistakes, staying stuck in a place where I've failed or where I've hurt someone or where I've wounded somebody. And trust me, I got a stack of them a mile high. But a lot of times our enemy will use our past to just pound us into the ground where we lose all of our confidence. We lose all of our ability to see ourselves in a, in a good light. And, and if we see ourselves in Christ, we'll, we'll, uh, breathe a whole lot better every day instead of seeing us in this condemned state. And that's what's happened to me over my lifetime is the enemy's been able to heap condemnation on me. And when that happens, I remember this scripture. When that happens, I remember that Christ died for the ungodly. When that happens, I remember that God said, hey, while you were still my enemy and while you were powerless to do anything, Christ died for you and reconciled you. I want to go to these scriptures in the Message Bible because it's just phenomenal how this appears in the Message and uh, it's just beautiful language. I'm going to go back to the top of Romans 5 and uh, verse 1. And it says, by entering through faith into what God has already wanted to do for us, set us right with him, make us fit for him. We have it all together with God because of our master, Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in the wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. That is such a beautiful image of God's salvation for us. And then down in verse six, the message Bible says, Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. Oh my gosh, I just, I just love that. <laughs> 
God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death, death while we were of no use whatever to him. And then it says, if when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, now that we're at our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of his resurrection life. Now, look, I don't know about you, but I feel like throwing off these earphones and just shouting a victory right now. (laughs) To me, that is the best news on planet Earth. And it is the good news. That's the gospel in a nutshell. That while I was powerless, God put his love on the line by offering his son. So you say, okay, that's a great scripture. If I'm the bad guy, How do I appropriate that in my life? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's a simple answer, but it's not an easy answer. It's called faith. It's called looking at that as the truth and realizing that this is the truth. This is how God sees me. This is what he thinks of me, whether I'm the good guy or the bad guy. And, you know, I'll go back to the the story of the prodigal son, you know, he, the younger son, there were two sons of a father, the younger son wanted all of his inheritance and he took it and he went out and he spent it on just frivolous living with prostitutes and gambling and all kinds of stuff. He got himself into heaps of sin and not caring anything about anybody while the good guy, his older brother was back at the house and he was doing everything, being obedient to his father. He was there. He wasn't being rebellious. And, um, when the younger brother finally came to his senses, he said, oh my goodness, I need to go back to my father's house. He had ran out of all of his money. People had used him and abused him. He was actually in a pigsty eating the slop of pigs. And in that moment he had an epiphany and realized, oh my gosh, you know, I could do better if I was a slave in my father's house. So I'm going to go back to him. And when he went to repent to his father, actually his father was waiting for him and went and ran to him and kissed him and welcomed him back into the household. Now, if you're looking at that, the younger brother was the bad guy and the older brother was the good guy. And the older brother even thought, hey, I'm the good guy. I'm the good guy and the bad guy's getting a party right now. When his father welcomed him back in the house, he put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger, put shoes on his feet, uh, you know, and made a huge uh, party and celebration of the fact that this son who was dead is now alive and has come back home. Well, the good guy, his older brother saw this and he was really offended by this, that, that his father would treat this younger son with such celebration after everything that he had put his father through. And he decided he's not going to the celebration. So his father came to him and said, you know, what, in essence, what's the deal? And, and his, and his old, the older son, the good guy said, well, I've been good all this time. I've done all the right things. I've done all the good things. And, and, uh, you're celebrating my younger brother and I'm the one that's been doing all the good things. What about me? And The father's heart was broken in that moment that the son didn't know him any better than that. But he said, you know, you've always been at my house. All these things have always been at your disposal. All you had to do was ask for them. But you have to understand this, your brother, he was dead and now he's alive. And we want you to come and celebrate this. 
And this is a this is a message for the good guy and the bad guy out there. When you're the good guy, a lot of times you can have self-justification and self-righteousness in the fact that you've been the good guy. Say you're in a marriage and, you know, it's it's been just uh, rough and you're the one that's doing all the things right and your spouse is the one that's doing all the things wrong or vice versa. You have a tendency to get into this self-righteous feeling that you've just done everything right and everything. Well, look, I can guarantee you right now you hadn't done everything right because you're a human being. But as self-righteous people and even people in the church, we can look at people in the world um, walking in the way of the world and become very self-righteous. You know, I'm so glad that Jesus wasn't self-righteous. And if anybody had the right to be, it was him. He had the right to be self-righteous, but he wasn't because he knew the depravity of man. One scripture in the Bible says that that he didn't even entrust himself to men because he knew the hearts of men. But this is God. This is the Lord Jesus Christ laying down his life for the bad guy. And what did what did uh, the, the New King James Version in Romans say in chapter 5? Christ died for the ungodly. So before you start to spout off self-righteous things at the bad guy, think of this. That same salvation is what will save you. Because don't think just because you did everything right or you think that you've done everything right that it's going to save you from the wrath to come. It's not. Jesus Christ, God said, I have not found one righteous, no, not one. There is no one righteous. We are all the bad guy. And if you are able to do some self-evaluation, you'll find that out. Now, I'm not saying that so you can go and have condemnation on you. No, this is your rescue right here. These scriptures, this, this beautiful sacrifice of Jesus Christ is your rescue. That although, and you might be out there right now listening to this podcast and, and, and have no understanding of who Jesus is or what he did, but Jesus Christ is the reconciler, the intercessor between God and man. He is the one who stands in the gap between God and man, who stands in that separation of God and man and brings them together. Jesus Christ alone is the one who does that. No one else can do that. No other religion can do that. No other man. Jesus Christ, the son of God, came as a sacrifice came to represent us to God. And the Bible says that he died on a cross in order to reconcile us back. This scripture even says it. Hey, if we, while we were no good, God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. And it says, now that we are set right with God by means of this sacrificial death, the the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer a question of being at odds with God in any way. If when we were at our worst, we will put we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son. 
now that we're at our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of his resurrection life. Now that we have actually received this amazing friendship with God, we are no longer content to simply say it is plotting prose. To simply say it in plotting prose, we sing and shout our praises to God through Jesus the Messiah. In other words, when we really understand this, we're not just making a statement. We're singing and shouting our praise to God through Jesus Christ the Messiah. He is our reconciliation to God. Jesus Christ is the reconciliation of the bad guy. So if you're out there today and you say, hey, I've been the bad guy or I am the bad guy, guess what? There is a rescue for you in Jesus Christ. And now let me just say this. One of the things that we have to do is we have to accept where we truly are. If you're out there and you're the bad guy, you're the guy that I'm talking about in this podcast today. All you have to do is recognize it. And really with acceptance of your sin, with acceptance of the fact that you have sinned and that you have created um, even hurts and wounds for people, that is a good place to turn around That's a good place to say, hey, yeah, I've been this person, but I don't want to be this person. And and you might say, I've never wanted to be that person, but some of the wounds that I have had have caused me or or, uh, motivated me in such a way that I've hurt other people. Well, that is something that you can lay down at the feet of Jesus right now. And that's simply, there's no 10 steps to this. It's recognizing what the truth is that I've shared with you today, accepting it and applying it to yourself. And so I want to pray with you right now. And if you say, hey, I'm the bad guy. I've hurt people. Yeah, I haven't done the right things in my relationships with people, whether it's as a parent, as a friend, as a family member, as a son or daughter or as a spouse or whatever the relationship may be. And you say, man, I, I want to apply this to my life because the thing is we have to let go of those things and that can only come through the power of God. So what I want to do today is for those of you out there that have never even heard of Jesus and you've heard this teaching today and you've heard this sharing today and it's resonated in your heart and the Lord says, hey, this is you and I did this for you and I want you to just embrace it and receive it into your life. First, I want to pray with you. And really in this prayer, I want you to repeat a prayer to God and say, Father God, Thank you so much for this truth that's been shared today, that you died for me. That I've been the ungodly, and you died for me. Thank you. I receive this truth and this sacrifice into my life and confess Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior He is the only Lord and Savior. And I accept his sacrifice as fully finished in my salvation. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, then guess what? 
you're one of the ones that he came and died for, that now that you've been reconciled, how much more will you be saved through life? And you know what? If you prayed that prayer, I would love to know that you did that. So here's what I'd like you to do. Send an email to info at chrissyhutchings.com and let me know that's you. Or go over to chrissyhutchings.com, go to the contact page, and send me an email to let me know that you received that wonderful salvation uh, via the podcast. I would love to know um, that you're out there and that um, God spoke to you in that way. Now I want to pray a second prayer over those who maybe you already are reconciled to God, but you've done some things. You feel like, man, you know, I've been the bad guy in some stuff. I want to pray over you. And as I pray over you, I want you to receive that into your heart and into your life. Father, I pray for each and every person that is the bad guy or has been the bad guy. I thank you, God, that as they continue to appropriate the sacrifice of Jesus Christ into their life, that you've said, if we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I thank you that as they have confessed and will continue to confess their sins, that you cleanse them. I also ask you, Lord, that the thoughts of of condemnation that come into their mind, that you would begin to replace them with your thoughts, Father, the thoughts that there is no condemnation to those that are in Jesus Christ, who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. I thank you, Lord, that you will continue to transform each and every person into the image of your son, Jesus Christ, that Um, their thoughts about being the bad guy or the condemnations that come upon them. Number one, I rebuke that uh, thought and that just that voice that's over them. God rebuke you, Satan. We cast you down in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Father God, that today would be a turning point in their life where they would rise up out of condemnation and begin to walk and know that the only way that any of us is a good guy, is in Jesus Christ. And I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Wow. I am really so glad that you tuned in today for this broadcast about uh, being the bad guy. Well, guess what? You're the good guy in Christ now, as we all are in Christ. And there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ. I want to encourage you. I hope that you were encouraged today by this Um, this talk that we've had and I'd love to invite you to do the same thing go to chrissyhutchings.com at the contact menu and just send me an email to let me know that you heard the broadcast today or you can comment on the the broadcast um, or go to chrissyhutchings.com like I said to the contact menu and just let me know that you were blessed and that hey this pertained to you and this really was pertinent to you um Look, it is like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Time, here on The Worship Life. And I'm going to let you go. Go out and make it a great rest of the day. Remember that in Christ, you are no longer the bad guy. Um, Thanks so much for tuning in and have a great day.